0: group of business owners that had all had major exits. They had sold their companies for 20 million, 100 million, the largest almost 500 million. You know, really successful, successful financially successful owners. And what I noticed is amidst the incredible financial success that they had, the majority of them were struggling. They were struggling with their identity. They were struggling with the life after. They were struggling with what's next. They were struggling with major financial and life dilemmas that they were facing. Um, and it kind of reminded me of... Uh...
1: Welcome to American Dreams. I'm here today with Wally Nasser. He's the author of The Business Owner's Dilemma and uh, best-selling author on Amazon. So welcome to today's show, Wally. Thanks so much for
0: having me, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So you've done a lot in your life, uh, many, many things. You're, you're one of those true entrepreneurs, and we appreciate sharing your wisdom in, in the books that you've given us. Um let's, let's roll back a little bit. How did you start in your business?
0: Yeah, I appreciate the question, Alan. So completely by accident is the short answer. Um, I constantly had different um, you know, side hustles and entrepreneurial jobs or sales positions kind of growing up. And when I was in university, I by accident got thrown into the financial services industry. And I, I loved helping people. And I love the consulting side of things, but I was just really disheartened by the conflicts of interest and the challenges and the the sales and business model of financial services. So I almost left the industry. And then the entrepreneur in me kicked in and said, well, Ali, why
1: don't you just build what you wish existed? When we roll into the book, what's the purpose and mission of the book that you wrote? So Alan, about seven to 10
0: years ago, I had a few engagements with business owners that kind of changed the, the trajectory of my work and changed my life in many ways personally. Uh, I've spent almost two decades working with business owners, but this period was particularly impactful. Um, I had a group of business owners that had all had major exits. They had sold their companies for 20 million, 100 million, the largest almost 500 million, really successful, successful, financially successful owners. And what I noticed is amidst the incredible financial success that they had, the majority of them were struggling. They were struggling with their identity. They were struggling with the life after. They were struggling with what's next. They were struggling with major financial and life dilemmas that they were facing. Um, and it kind of reminded me of a, of a mountain climbing analogy. And that's that, you know, if, you, if I ask, you know, Alan, what's the goal of climbing a mountain? What's your default response going to be? Getting to the top. That's, that's the most common answer. I don't want to get to the top. Well, the real goal of climbing a mountain is to get to the top and then to get back down safely so you can celebrate the success and of course, enjoy the journey. Now, while that may sound obvious, 80% of the accidents that happen when mountain climbing, they don't happen on the way up. They happen on the way down because we're so consumed with reaching our goal, which is to reach the summit that we don't think about what happens after the fact. And I noticed this to be very similar with these business owners for years, they were building their companies, hoping that one day they got to the exit and get that 20 million, hundred million, 500 million, even billion dollar check when they, when they sell the business. But when they reached that success, they didn't really have a plan for what comes next. And it made me hyper aware that wealth is a means and not an end. And for many entrepreneurs, if they're not really clear about their end purpose, their end goal, it's a bottomless cup. You can keep pouring in all you want, but the cup's never full. And what what it ends up translating into is no matter how much wealth you're building, that fulfillment, that life success, that that feeling that oftentimes you've been yearning for doesn't get fulfilled. And this was very crushing for me because I saw how challenging it was for these owners after the fact. And So, it made,
1: so Ollie, if I, if I could just kind of hone in on the yeah. three dilemmas, three mm-hmm. dilemmas that business owners will face. Sure.
0: Uh, so, the first dilemma is the reinvestment dilemma. It's, I've been successful with my business. I've made great profits. Do I, re, do I put money back in the business? Do I in, start a new company? Do I... Invest in private equity and public equity in the market and crypto and real estate. Where do I reposition my my wealth reinvest my wealth? That's the first major dilemma. The second dilemma is the legacy dilemma, which is what is it all for? The wealth that I've built, is this for children? Is this for charity? Is this for fun? Is this for my ego? Will my wealth be a source of empowerment for my children or a source of entitlement for my children? That's the second major dilemma, the legacy dilemma. And then the third dilemma is the exit dilemma. Do I sell my company? Do I scale it further? Do I leave it to my son or daughter or sell it to my executive management team? If I sold my company, would I then have freedom of purpose or will I have just sold my life's purpose? These are all different aspects of the exit dilemma. And what I've found is that these three dilemmas tend to occupy 90% of the mental real estate for business owners when it comes to planning their life's work. They're constantly. Focused on these dilemmas.
1: So, why why exactly did you create this framework then, and and what value does it bring into the business owners? Sure. Well, I was telling
0: this example that I just told you to a business owner many years ago or several years ago, and just when he heard the three dilemmas, his response was, "Putting just putting a name around those three dilemmas, I now feel more clear." And I'm I'm thinking of all the other thoughts and how they fit into one of these three dilemmas. Like just having that framework is powerful to be able to help organize my thoughts and understand what are all these different pieces that are are moving. So I think one part of it is just to create a framework, to think about it. Because once you can organize things in some way, it's easier to make decisions and take action. So there's the three dilemmas. And then within the wealth integration system that I created, there's six different components. And everything within entrepreneurial wealth fits into one of those six areas. So by creating a framework for it, it allows for, for organization, for progress, for, for synergy. And then there's a lens between, you know, if you've got a, a tax, you know, wealth consulting firm or the business owners in this place and their attorney may be there. A shared framework allows for a shared conversation, better
1: collaboration, better clarity. So why is... Um... Why is planning so different for entrepreneurs?
0: Well, for most business owners, 90% of their net worth is in one micro stock. And when, when you have your life's work invested in oftentimes one major company or a large part of it at one major company, you have, they, they have, I have this saying that, you know, it's 90% of your net worth and 200% of your emotion. That's what your business represents. So just that alone changes the dynamic of planning so much because if you've got 50 million dollars in one company it's very different um, than someone who might have a diversified portfolio of mutual funds in their 401k and investment accounts that's what the wealth management industry is built for and entrepreneurs are just built very differently they still need all the planning and advice for estate and legacy and tax and succession and investment but they need it in a very different way. And they have a very different mindset
1: now, in your book, you mentioned that entrepreneurs don't retire. Can you expand on that? Sure
0: well, this notion of building wealth to then one day retire is a very common idea in in America, uh potentially in the world, but very much so in America. Um, the vast majority of entrepreneurs they love to build and they, I think for most people in general, using their gifts and accelerating their gifts is something that they want to continue to to do. But in an entrepreneur's um, uh, capacity, it's almost like a, an artist. If an artist loves to paint and one day they've sold enough paintings that they have financial independence, it doesn't mean the next day they stop painting. They're going to keep painting. That's what they love to do. In a similar way, entrepreneurs, they love to build. They love to create. Um, they love to give in their different gifts. So the idea of building enough wealth or selling your company and then you're going to retire—it's just nine out of ten times, maybe maybe ninety-five out of a hundred times, um, a business owner won't retire. They want to pursue more and, and use their gifts in a way that that can impact,
1: you know, their life, their community, the world. When you look at the entrepreneur and the the, the building wealth and then like, I guess I don't like the work word uh, retirement maybe redeploying or something
0: yeah why it's like it a, almost <laughs> like an f-word the r-word yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, why why is it so important for business owners to look at the intersection of those two of which two the the two between uh building wealth and then re, redeploying in other words as as people go through life they, they most entrepreneurs don't build a single company, right? They're
0: constantly building. It's usually not their first company that was the successful one. And usually over the years, they're building multiple, multiple ventures, even if the majority of their net worth might be, might be in one. So I like to look at this, Alan, and from two angles, there's return on investment, which we all understand and know. And that's part of what we build as entrepreneurs. And the second is as opposed to ROI. The second is R-O-L-E which is return on life experience. And once you've had enough return on investment, you mentioned this idea of redeploying wealth, you've, you've built enough wealth that you might have now hit this point of optionality where it's no longer about, I have to make the next dollar to have financial independence or financial success, you've built that. I, I really want entrepreneurs to focus on what are you looking for, for your life experience? What are the pursuits or what do you want to build that not only gives you great ROI, but gives you the life experience you desire? So for many business owners that might be selling a company or that might be reaching a point in life where they're saying, I want to redefine how I do this. And I liked how you use that, that kind of redefine or redeploy. It's not just looking at what gets you the highest return on investment, but what gets you the highest return on the life experience you desire. So thinking about you know, what your gifts are, how you want to impact the world, what social or community impacts might be important to you, um, where the biggest gap is in the world and applying efforts towards that. Um, It may not maximize return on investment, but your life experience is going to be a whole lot more enjoyable. So rather than thinking about retirement, I think about return on life experience and how to reposition wealth to create the outcomes you truly want.
1: Ali, if a person wants to reach out to you for engaging your services, how would they go ahead and do that? Simplest way is just, ch-
0: just drop me an email directly, ali at alinaser.com, uh, a-l-i at dot And that's the that's easiest way. Drop me a note and, and we can figure out how to connect from there.
1: Well, I appreciate you being with us today on American Dreams.
0: Thanks so much, Alan. It's a pleasure to be on the show.